We've got some hey, fresh new I'm young Luis. talent. And I'm Luis. You're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. And we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. Oh, yeah. There's something in there for you. Oh, yeah. For and you. today, how to leverage your high volume content to Ooh, get some baby. clients. I, 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 I had to add a little spice to that headline right there. Ah, that was good. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, we can share the one that you shared before and uh, we'll go from there. But it's so good. Fancy, do we have a sponsor today? Indeed we do. Thank you for asking. You're, you're welcome, my dear man. And your sponsor today is the one and only The Biz Bros. One Let's and only? Go. The one and only The Biz Bros. You got to yeah. get your, like, the is it a singular only. or is it I mean, a team? Is we, it, what is it? Tell me for, more. For those Dragon Ball Z fans, we're like Vegito, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm Goku, you're Vegeta, and then we we fuse together. I mean, in what Water. universe are you, Goku? Let's, let's wow. move forward with wow. today's sponsorship. Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, if you produce a long-form piece of content just like this one that you're watching or listening and you need a modern media team to come into your business and help you turn all this content into value-packed bite-sized assets so then you can send them like little minions into the inner webs so they can get you some new clients. We want to help you out. Slide in the DMs at Beast Brosco on Facebook, on Instagram. That's right, guys. Go ahead and follow Content is Profit Podcast in your favorite platform. If you need to subscribe, go subscribe. If you need to follow, go follow. And uh, on social media, we're also there with all the golden boulders. So start following as well. Follow up everywhere. Everywhere. That is right. That's right. And please... Please, if you find value in today's episode, or only ask is for you to share it with somebody that you oh, think is yeah. going to be valuable for them as well. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you. Happy Monday. Today, we have a, a hot topic for today's episode of Content is Profit. By the end of this episode, you should have a solid understanding on how to put some fuel into your content and leverage it to grow your business. Oh yeah, hashtag juicy juicy. That is right. Today's guest is an awesome connection, partner, and friend that we met through the one and only the Pabro. <laughs> Today's guest is like a magician, but instead of pulling rabbits out of hats, he's pulling money out of advertising platforms. Oh yeah, baby! He actually built his first agency from scratch to later be acquired by a larger agency. He has helped multiple companies double year over year revenue, and in 2020, he launched his new agency, Hey Gigi. Is that, is that right? Is that how I say it? Okay. Yeah. But most importantly, he is a proud husband and father of five. Let's go. Let's get this party started. Please welcome founder of Hey Digi, <laughs> the godfather of conversion marketing and the most epic stash in the advertising realm, Bobby Harris. Whoa. What's hey. up, Bobby? 
I, I, I'm, I've got to say, a year ago, my stash was the most epic. It was like, you know, big, <laughs> oh, all man. out there. Now it's just it's just average at this point. We'll, we'll see what happens. It may come back. Today, right. it, it, it's okay. We'll keep it in the intro as the most <laughs> epic, as a commitment to you to get it back to where it was. I, I, I've heard Bobby from you, challenge accepted. So, you know, on <laughs> yeah. your side of challenge things. Challenge accepted. It, it's happening. <laughs> I That's feel like awesome. Fonzie needs to shave the entire beard and just leave the stash. Should I just leave the stash? That'd be kind of creepy weird because our dad has like the stash too and we actually never seen our dad without his stash ever in our life so i don't know i feel like i'll i'll look way too similar to my dad and then i'll be like all scared and whatnot yeah. you know dude i love you dad still. <laughs> dude bobby uh, i i want to say thank you man uh for coming onto the onto the show we've interacted in, on, a, on a few clients before and uh it's incredible i mean i I talk by experience, like the relationship that we have, it was like so frictionless and so perfect. And I'm like, how can we find more of these in our lives? Right. And uh, so I thank you for that, for making our life very easy on working with you guys and your agency for different projects. And also for coming on and giving your amazing training to our 45 live people, man. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So let's share a little bit of your story. Like, obviously, you know, you run an agency today. You sold an agency. Like, how were you always an entrepreneur? How did this like dream start? Yeah, on on some level, like I've always had that that spirit. You know, I want to build things. Building is what I really enjoy doing. Yeah. So, um, I I worked in the live music industry for years, and um, that's kind of how I got my start on digital marketing. Was like, if you look back, MySpace was. A, a pivotal moment in promoting live events. Yeah. So uh, as soon as it hit the ground, I had to learn how to get people out to shows utilizing MySpace because nothing else mattered at that point. So since that moment, I've really had a, I've really been interested in digital marketing and how to get people to respond. Then the direct response side and, and digital. So it was either it started with getting people to shows so that we could make money, mm. but then it, it transitioned into. Um, I worked with the Harley Davidson dealer for a while and I was their, their marketing director over five or six different stores. And awesome. I, I, it was a lead acquisition then. Like, how can we sell more Harley Davidsons? And mm. just like the process grew that way until I got to the point where I couldn't do everything and I had side clients. And I just said, I've only got vertical growth in one area, so I'm going to do my own business. Yeah. And that's where it went. And it was fun and exciting. And I, I do not regret any of it. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. Uh, I, I feel like somebody has to have a stash like yours to sell Harley Davidsons. I'm like, <laughs> man, like, um, I mean, not for me, it all makes sense because you know when you came to talk to to the Forty Five Live group, you have this like, um, you know, the jacket, the jean jacket. Uh, they have a name, I know. But and I was like, man, now that you put Harley Davidson the stash and that jean jacket together, I'm like, it makes total sense, you know. It's all there. <laughs> It's all there. Yeah, it just completes the story. Yeah. So, <laughs> Bobby, I'm a little curious because, you know, I, I, I come from the corporate side of things, too. I uh, Not on the Harley Davidson kind of deal, but on the, you know, Orange Orange Theory kind of deal. So, I, oh, I, yeah. I ran a few of those studios, right? And things are run very differently uh, from corporate to when you transition to an entrepreneur. But there are so many lessons that I took with me to continue and evolve, you know, moving forward with now what we do with content momentum, right? So mm -hmm. I'm curious there, like through your your working with them, with Harley or with any other brands outside of your own agency, what are some lessons or some challenges that you kind of face there that you're like, man, this was a really good stuff that I, that I learned and now I'm taking it on my new venture? Yeah, so 
on the corporate side, which I'm sure you learned with uh, with Orange Theory, it, it's just so slow moving. And in what we do, like even in content producing and then me in content placement, you have to be able to pivot quickly, especially in digital, because data tells a story very quickly. And that's a real downside to working on a big corporate project. I'm not a fan. Like, yeah. I, I will stay away from them at this point. I want, I want to work directly with owner operators and really help them grow their business from the ground up. I don't want to be caught up in the, the red tape that goes along with the corporate side of things that really hinders success. Yeah. I, that, that's such an important thing. And, you know, for people that might be in that transition today, right? Like start identifying what are those aspects that as an entrepreneur, that might be a, an opportunity, like a door for us to kind of step in and help. And I remember, you know, part of why this was born or the, the way on how we create and how we leverage content at the content momentum was born out of a necessity that we had at that level with corporate or even with different uh, other businesses, right? Because there was a void that we needed to fill in and that created an opportunity, right? So for those that are itching, that might be like a really good way to get started with that solution. Be like, oh man, well, they're not taking advantage of it. And for, for us specifically, I mean, the approval process was so painful. I mean, it was like weeks after we had to pull like one piece of content. I remember I remember one specific story where um, there was a piece that was distributed and the feedback was incredibly polarizing from the member side of things and from the people outside of the studio, right? This was posted on like the Facebook page and what they wanted to do was like, they wanted, they wanted to grow organically, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm doing like air quotes right here. Um, so that can be really challenging if you're not being a little polarizing. So this thing had like 300 comments, like people, you know, going against the studio and the people inside of the studio being the, defending the studio and defending the coaches. So we get this call, be like, hey guys, take that down. I'm like, this is exactly what you want. You have your members like defending your thing, right? It's like, we're not taking this down. Like this is getting, and you know, they started getting like referrals and then people like jumping in. What is this? I'm like, you should come to this gym. And then people are not, you shouldn't go. And then people are like, well, you should go because of this, this, and this like free advertising just in one, this one experience, right? That then if they, pull the brake on it, right? It's, it can be a little challenging to get that attention out there, right? So I remember that very specific scenario and uh, it's been fun telling her ever since. Fonz <laughs> is here like, stop, Luis. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah, okay. I, I have a whole set of different questions, but <laughs> yeah. keep going. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, but yeah, so awesome. Okay, Fonzie, your turn. You have the smart <laughs> questions. <laughs> you know, Bobby, for me, when, I, when we started the entrepreneurial journey in social media marketing agency, I knew kind of like ads was an important part of it. But there's so much fear around that area, especially when you're learning, like learning, you don't know much, you don't have much capital to work with. But I, I still, I'm still a believer that you can still leverage the power of ads, even though you find yourself in that situation, right? Whether you're a big business with big cash flow or you're a small business with not so big cash flow, right? So... I'm curious for let's talk first to the people that are trying to learn it, trying to go into understanding better this world. Why is it that people, you know, are afraid of diving into it? What is maybe the worst case scenario and how should they approach stepping into this, this world of advertising? Yeah. So there's, there's so many reasons to be afraid of it, to be honest. Uh, one is just a total lack of education People will go into, say, Facebook, and they won't even set up like a, an ad account. 
They'll just boost posts. Yep. And then they'll realize quickly that there's no return on that. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to track that. <laughs> like it's a it's a horrible way to spend money. Um, and that's one reason to fear it, 100%. That's not the right way to do it, but Facebook allows you to do it that way very easily. Another reason is there are agencies that have taken extreme advantage of people. Mm. So, And I've, I've definitely witnessed that, and I've come in behind some of those to clean up messes that are just awful and a lot of money spent with no return and no true tracking in place. So those are major reasons to have real fears, legitimate yeah. fears that, that need to be confronted at some level. Now, if you want to step into like touching in on ads and doing things on your own and, and experimenting with that, Facebook has a great platform called Facebook Blueprint mm-hmm. that is a, just an education platform, and it will teach you all the basics. And you can learn everything you need to know. Um, it's super helpful, and it's I don't remember if it's free. I think it's free for some lessons, and then to get certified maybe costs money. Mm. Um, and then also on Google, the Google Ad platform, you can get totally certified for free that and it's a great education platform and i would suggest that everyone kind of learn the basics even if you're going to work with an agency so that you you know what you're looking for you cannot get taken advantage of yeah. but also if you want to t- experiment definitely go in with some kind of knowledge otherwise you're just going to spend money and you'll never know where it went yeah uh, so you know I, i relate this to pretty much any other task that has to be done in our business which is We usually learn it until a certain point, right? And then it's like, okay, how can we delegate it to somebody else? But it comes with that understanding of the task. Because then mm-hmm. how can we, you know, measure if the other person, agency, or even ourselves are doing an actual good job at it, right? So, again, for those that are diving into this place, let's say they have some sort of education, they understand, right? And they're like, I'm ready to spend some money in these platforms and, and leverage them, right? I'm creating a lot of content but I'm maybe not reaching the, the audience that I intend to, that I want to reach, and I want more customers, right? Because that is every business main goal. At the end of the day, they just want new customers. So what should they do? How, you know, if you can guide us uh, yeah. in some sort of way, what should we do? So number one thing always is to set up a retargeting campaign. Mm. And consider that your safety net. That just is going to capture any traffic that comes to your site, whether organic or paid. It doesn't matter. You want to have that back up there with a clear call to action to for some sort of conversion. And that conversion could either be lead acquisition, so you can put them into a drip campaign and nurture them over time, or it can be a true, like with my e-commerce clients, my call to action is always make a purchase now. Yeah. And the return on those is always great. The return on ad spend is you can really do great with some granular targeting in your retarget campaigns like you can get 11 times return on ad spend like that's mm. not unheard of and it's great to spend a dollar make 11 dollars yeah <laughs> that's a fun place to get to um so that's the number one thing set up a retargeting campaign and you're going to be bidding on ad space in front of your viewers so if you only have a small amount of viewers to your website each month you're not going to be bidding a ton you can get away with five dollars a day and staying in front of them Now, if you have a ton of viewers coming in, you're going to be paying more for that, obviously, yeah. incrementally. So your budget will be dependent on your web traffic. Um, so after that, my second, depending on the business, but if it's a business that people are searching for with a level of intent, say biz bros, people are looking for co- help with their content. The next thing would be to show up where the level of intent is the most, is the highest, mm. which is Google. Like they're, they're now searching for your service. And they want yep. to use your service. 
So now you want to show up with intent and a clear call to action there as well with maybe an offer, like, you know, schedule a time to talk now and save X amount. Yeah, I don't know. Like, whatever that offer is, just something yep. that adds a sense of urgency. So when they see it, they want to convert at that moment. Once you do that and you start collecting more data, your website traffic starts to grow and you're retargeting it properly. Then you can start to create audiences in social media and going in and building lookalike audiences based on that website traffic or the emails that you've acquired. When you get a solid list of emails, now you can go into Facebook and that's also Instagram with the same ad platform. And you can import that data and build lookalike audiences. That is a great, a, amazing way to outreach to new people mm. because you've already, you've already brought people in. And once you bring them in on the intent side, you have them like, that's a great, that's a great first step. That is a high value web traffic or web visitor. And then when you hit them with the retargeting and you start to refine that and you pay attention to your website data, particularly your bounce rate and time on site, yeah. those types of things, um, you'll notice how quality your traffic is. And you can really pay attention to Google Analytics. Everyone should get in and learn the basics of Google Analytics yeah, because that's where you're going to track your success. Yeah. And when you start to look at those, those metrics and you start to judge, okay, my bounce rate's going down. My bounce rate from these ads is actually amazing. People are spending time on site. You may find out they're not converting, but they're spending time there. So you know now you need to add a call to action on the site that really gets that conversion up. Yeah. So many fun pieces at play. That, yeah. like, it, I, I can go on and on and we could build a whole campaign and we could have fun with that. But yeah. I think basically, first thing, website uh, retargeting. Anybody that's been to the site, make sure you're giving them an opportunity to convert. Yeah. And then after that, look at that intent level and make sure you're showing up to the people that have, they're searching for what you do with intent. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I think, you know, for, for a lot of people out there, you know, especially if they're starting, I mean, number one is go get educated, right? There's free resources out there. And I'm not talking mm -hmm. about lead magnets, lead magnets from a lot of guru, quote unquote gurus, right? Go to the source, right? That's yeah. sometimes we forget that, right? Like, and Facebook has people, they want people to spend money on their platform. So they're going to provide the tools for them to, to at least learn the basics, right? And you said, uh, we put in here, how do we get certified free on Google, right? That's, that's so important to at least learn that what Fonsi was saying. And then from there, there's different pieces in place, right? Like that, that we can do, but you know, let's, let's super basic, right? What is retargeting? We might have people that have no idea what retargeting means, right? So especially like if we're starting up, what is it like super, super basic entry point kind of point of information in there. Um, and then I, I love how you go into the level of intent. And if we can dive into a little bit more on like why, that is the second step. Why do we go with people on intents, right? Um, that could be really useful because let's say they don't have the budget for maybe a, a, a campaign in my head. I'm running through a scenario where it's like, hey, I'm actually going to go where the people are actually showing interest of buying, right? Uh, where yeah. is that, right? So this is a tool to leverage that side of things. We have to, without going to like a physical location, but uh, let, let's go through like a little bit of the basics. Like what is that? What does retargeting mean? Yeah, yeah. So retargeting is anytime someone visits your site, we want to make sure that an ad shows up for your brand on social media in particular. We can also do it in Google and YouTube. Like you can, we can really get down that granular, but it's so simple with Facebook to set up. All you do is drop a snippet of code onto the site. They call it the a pixel, Facebook pixel. Yeah, That's installed on the header on your site. And now anytime someone goes to your site, we can hit them again on social media. So we're following them around and you can do it in different time frames. You can do it in seven days, 30 
90, whatever that does. That's, you know, you have all those options. It doesn't matter. You just want to make sure that you do show up because they're already familiar with your brand. You don't have to educate them on who you are yeah. and educate them on why to choose you. And those are better options at that point, yep. but you no longer have to teach them who you are. They're already familiar with the name. They've been to the website. They've learned something about you. And there's so many fun options on retargeting, but in the basic level, it is just making sure that you are advertising to people that have already been to your website. Perfect. Easy peasy. Yeah, yeah. So how can we do it? So let's use our example, right? We personally, we do have a landing page, which we have a pixel set up for retargeting. So mm -hmm. let's go, Biz Bros. Uh, but we don't have like a main hub like website right we just have this yeah. landing page everything in our business is let's jump on a conversation right now we love to have that conversation with people mm -hmm. but at the same time we're getting a lot of touch points with our content we're creating a lot and lots of content high volume how can we leverage that volume and what you're talking about right now to get people into the pipeline yeah so with what you do because you have so much content What I would do is I would pick some of the like the the real bangers, the ones that really explain who you are and what you do. And I would utilize those for even just video views. Mm. You because you can do that. You can make sure that you're just getting more views on those videos. Yep. With a call to action to visit the site and like, you know, schedule time. Is I don't I'm sorry, I don't I'm not familiar with what the site what the call to action is on the site, but if there's a call to action like that, that's what you'd want. You'd want to make sure that people watch the videos, learn more about you as much as possible. And then yep. the only call to action being schedule a call because that's where the conversion happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, it's I love this in a sense because, yes, the technical aspect behind it, I think, is what intimidates people, right? Mm -hmm. But in a way, like, you're just simplifying it for us in such a good way that is not overwhelming anymore, right? It's not as scary anymore obviously when we go in and we start seeing the technical side of it we might be like okay i need to learn more about this but i love how you put it because now you can give people the you know the little bump that they need to start taking that action but i'm curious yeah. when is the when is a good moment for in somebody's business to delegate this to say hey digi right to to your agency for example when because i mean you can probably get kick started right start start building that i think they call it that invisible marketing list with the pixel mm -hmm. but there must be a time where you need to find someone that does it way better than you that can take that off your hands when is when is that moment i, I say it's whenever you feel like you're running out of time so i've got clients that are just small clients but they don't have the time to invest into it because they're growing their business And I have no problem, obviously, teaching people how to do what I do. Like no. At the end of the day, they're either going to realize they don't have time to do it or they don't have time to learn more. Mm -hmm. And really, it's a never-ending process because there's always changes, like, especially with the iOS 14 update. And now Facebook has changed all options. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole new level of you have to learn everything new every day. No one knows everything. And it's if, if you're running a business you're going to run out of time to learn how to do these new things. Yeah. So that's really what it comes down to is time and resources. If you have the resources to hire an agency to do it, you'll notice the results and it'll be worth it. 
But if you ha- if you don't have the resources, then teach yourself and do it until you've scaled up to where you need to hire someone to do it. I love that. I love that 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 just ties up so perfectly with <laughs> what we usually talk about in in our publishing pyramid, right? The pyramid, the bottom is message. Then we talk about consistency, then cadence, and at the very top we got scaling and resources, right? And it's about understanding what is your capacity, right? So we can operate within that capacity. But when you can go further, but you're ready to scale, hey, you're going to have to maybe look outwards and find somebody that can do that for you. And sometimes it's going to be, and I, I would say most times, if you find the right person, it's going to be way better than you. Like not just better, it's probably going to be way better than you because yeah. you are involved in this probably 24-7, right? This is your world. Like advertising yeah. is your world. And like you said, you're learning every single day about these platforms, how you, how to use them correctly, how to, you know, how to gain that conversion. So for someone that can only spend 10% of their time learning this about the platform, they can probably scale it just up to a certain point. And maybe that point is to get the resources enough to then delegate it to somebody else. Right. And that, that is important because sometimes when we make money in the business, most of the time it's, You know, you need to reinvest it back into your business. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea, maybe like somebody to kickstart with once they get the knowledge, right? Kickstart it. And once you start getting a little bit of ca- uh, cash flow and traction, ha, go to Hey Digi, you know, <laughs> Bobby, work with us, please help us out. Yeah. Turn us into, into you know, awesomeness. <laughs> uh, Bobby, I, I love yeah. how you reduce the, the, the distance between showing up and and sales process right because yeah. uh sometimes we overcomplicate things and it's like okay i'm showing up and then i'm doing this other thing and then i'm doing another thing and then maybe it's a transition to a sales pitch or maybe a soft pitch and then we go to the call and it's like seven different elements in between you're showing up and jumping on the phone right and literally like how we got traction initially and this might be uh, inspiring for some people out there was the minimal amount of you know, uh, distance from being in touch with these people, like being in front of their faces to let's transition to a phone call, right? Like sometimes to get started, that's all we need, right? And that way we can build the resources to build everything else, right? And there's other pieces. So what are, when people are starting up that way or when companies come to you, uh, what are some of the main challenges that you face um, with them, right? To, to be able to kind of clear the path from point of contact to sell. Yeah. So I've, I've been really blessed in the fact that like most of my clients are, are warm leads, right? Like, so it's someone I know or a client has brought them to me. So that trust equity is already built. I don't have to like make those deposits in their account. They already have some level of trust with me. Yes. So that, that's been great. That's made things way easier. The, the couple of clients that I have that were kind of cold introductions, the, what I can point to really quickly is just revenue growth with other clients and that speaks loud right yeah, <laughs> yeah. what i can say these clients made a lot of money by switching over and, and using our services that makes their decision way easier and we can really uh, just accelerate that whole process yeah no. so in when my question was a little bit more by the way thank you but my question was a little bit more geared on when you start working with the client, right? They might have a system or a, something in place. And to mine comes what we what we work with on the healthcare industry, right? Like they have so much friction in between point of contact versus uh, the this actual sale, right? Which for them was an interview. Uh, but 
So when you come to okay. work with them, right? Like you might identify these friction points in in their process. What are yeah. mo- what are some some of the most common issues that you encounter when when working with these guys? Yeah. So it's important in digital advertising to think of it like electricity. Like electricity pa- travels the path of least resistance. And I just explained that to every client clearly. Like, why are we adding extra steps to create this conversion? Like, like you said, we've worked on the one client in particular that there was a lot of friction and it was not easy to get a conversion. And to explain that to a client, especially on a corporate side, we're not going to get the changes we need quick enough yeah. ever. Like, again, one reason I, I don't like working on the corporate side of things. Yeah. But if I'm working with the owner operator of a business, then I can clearly say, hey, we've got an issue here. We've got two or three extra steps in this conversion process. And I can point to data that shows attrition at a certain point. Or what? maybe we have an email cadence where people just drop off at email four. And we don't know why. But if we just went and looked at the email and looked at the data, we could really make some tweaks and develop that further to get a conversion. Yeah. So really, I just try to let data tell the story with the client. Because yeah. I can come at it with my with my history and my background and tell them a lot of things. And I'm going to be right some of the time, but I'm not always going to be right. Data will always be right. Data is always going to have the clear story that yeah. we can really make some informed decisions on. Love it. Mm. Thank you, man. It, it all, it's so simple, man. Go back to data, right? Like we have to go look back and let's see, see what's happening. Yeah. Do, do you think people attach their ego too much, uh, you know, when they, when they look at this data and they're like, no, this cannot be. It, yeah. d- does that happen? <laughs> it happens a lot. I, I've, I'm very clear with clients when we first have when we first engage in a relationship. I tell them your, your data is going to tell you a different story than what you believe half the time. I need you to be okay with that. Mm. And they they are so okay with it once they see revenue and results happening. <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah. mind it at all. But in the beginning, they really are married to their idea of what their brand is and who their ideal customer or client is. When in reality, we think we know who it is, but we don't know until we start collecting the data. Yeah. The potential yeah. client and potential customer is so that net is so much broader generally than who we think it is. Yeah, I, I think that talks to the importance of testing, right? And iterating. Yeah. What are some of the best practices for people that are looking to you know to step into this this new world? Yeah, um, I, I say fail fast. So find out what's not working as quick as possible. And failure is only bad if you don't make action on it. If you just allow failure to compound and keep it going and try to make it work when it's obviously not going to work, then that is a true failure. Otherwise, it's just data acquisition. And we have to look at failure and any kind of testing as data acquisition. Either it works or it doesn't. And if we can figure out why it doesn't work and make the change on that or based on our, our hypothesis on why it doesn't work, make the change. And if that still doesn't work, we need to kill that idea totally and move fast. Yeah. Be willing to spend up front to learn what doesn't work. Yeah. I would suggest every client be willing to like my clients. I tell them the first 30 days we're testing. We're going to test all the ideas and we're going to kill the ones that don't work as quick as possible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I love it. Okay. So a lot of questions are arising. One of them is, and I, I ask this honestly because I've I've tried this right to a certain mm-hmm. extent, not like I haven't gone too deep in it, but it was one of my main fears, right? I, I I've heard you know if you're selling, let's go with round numbers, a thousand dollar product, you want to spend at least a thousand dollars to see if if it's working, right? If you are actually you know getting a a conversion at at least at that price, right? 
So what are you're talking about testing ideas? How are you mm -hmm. testing multiple ideas with this budget? Or do you only test one idea with a $1,000 budget and then use another $1,000 to test another budget? Right? Like, how, let, let's clarify this process of, yeah. of testing for people. Yeah, so it's you can test multiple ideas at the same time. Really, the idea is to get your 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 test in front of as many people as possible as quick as possible, hmm. and that's how you test your audience, your creative, your call to action. All of those pieces are all important. You, you in one ad on Facebook, you can set you can test ten different creative in that one. So ten different images or videos. You can test five different headlines, five different mm. body texts. Wow. Then you can also like, and that's one ad, right? Like, and then five back, learn more, book now, however you want to do that. Yeah. All of those things. So Facebook's got a really good setup with that where the algorithm can really optimize that for you. Yeah. So the number one test that you really want to start to engage with is before that. It's an ad set. You want to test your audience. Mm. Like that's going to be key. Like if you're hitting an audience and we're seeing that they're getting through to the site, maybe they're not converting, but they're actually getting through to the site. Now, you know, you've hit something right. You're capturing something. You're capturing an audience with something that they care about clicking through. Yeah. So you want to, that's where I, I, like a number one experiment when you're starting to do outreach marketing in particular is on the audience side. What look like audiences are responding. What, you know, if you try to build a cold audience, is it working? I don't suggest building a cold audience because you're going off your information and not yeah. the, Yeah, the tons of information that Facebook has that they only let us see a portion of. Awesome. But, um, like yeah. that, that audience testing is going to be the number one thing. I'm, I'm going to say focus on first and look at the data. Let the data again tell the story. Look at analytics yep. yeah. and see if they're coming through to the site. Are they spending time on the site? And then you start working on tweaking the tweaks that make it convert. Yeah, that's awesome. That the I think that that clears a lot of the the path and the questions that that I, that I had right now. Um, you know, the way I see it is for us that we have a lot of content published, I feel like we do have, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people that we can retarget and then create, create lookalike audiences and stuff like that. But my mind goes to the people that don't have that big of, you know, that, that much content going out and, well, or the, maybe they don't have that much traffic in their site. Well, the, the first thing that they should do is give us a call so we can help you with your content. <laughs> And, yeah. and then continue with and, the and then, and then yeah. call Bobby so he can, you know, uh, make it go to the moon. But uh, uh, to the moon. that being said, Bobby, like, what if they don't have, what what if they don't have these two pieces, right? They, they are producing yeah. a certain amount of content, but they don't have either a website where they can leverage this traffic or they don't have that many views. Like, where should they start? They need to start a website. Like, you can just <laughs> go to Square... Go to, go to Squarespace and create a simple site that yep. can just cr collect emails. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You need some sort of conversion. You need to collect data. Make sure the Facebook mm. pixel is installed there, but it doesn't have to be extravagant. Yeah. Like, explain your brand clearly, concisely. Use some good imagery. Use some great Biz Bros videos. And really tell that story quickly. Like, you don't have to spend three years building a site. You can do it yep. in a day. And Squarespace makes it super easy for someone. If you can drag and drop files, you can build a, a site on Squarespace. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I love how you always go back to data, 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 right? Like this is what is going to tell you the real story and what you need to do next, the next couple of steps. So that, that is extremely valuable because now the focus on people sometimes is like, oh, how do I go viral? How do I make this? It's like, you don't need to, right? Like just get the data 
and then the data will help you go to the right people. Exactly. A hundred percent. I I love how you're simplifying this like a, mm -hmm. a ton, right? Like, and it's uh, sometimes when you're starting different things, can't, it can be overwhelming, right? Especially in the digital space, there's so much noise, so many options. And I remember when we first started, you know, now almost five years ago, Man, we were overwhelmed for years of the amount of things that are exposed, you know, in like what to do next, right? And one was like at a level that we didn't operate at the time. Then it was like way too, like it didn't give us the results that we needed or didn't explain it. And it wasn't until we came up with our own framework on how to do things and execute, right? And that progress and traction started to catch on. And then you're like, oh, perfect. Like, I'm building my resources. Now I can invest either more time or more team into this, right? And then what is the next step? So I love how you always simplify. It was like, hey, here's the starting point. Go look at data, right? I remember like when we first started having conversations and even today, right? In, in the calls that we jump on with people, it's data collection, right? Facebook is gonna do it at a faster rate, right? Probably very efficient as well. But for example, at, when we're having a conversation around a service, right? The service that we offer with Content Momentum, All we're doing that in that conversation is collecting data because guess what? Is our message on point? Is the solution on point for this type of person? Where is this person coming from? What group, right? What uh, what feedback are we getting? Are they are they coming in from the show? Are they coming in from XYZ referral? What is it, right? Trust level. So all these elements are things that we need to like uh, keep an eye on as we start executing on our business and then setting up that little money aside to like, let's invest in testing, right? Let's buy data so we can then learn pretty quickly on what is working, what's not working, and then adapt to continue our journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Bobby, I, there's like two specific I want to ask you. Um, first one is kind of like a role playing. I think it'll be, it'll be fun, right? Let's say we just started okay. a business right now and we're selling a $500, what is it, service or, or product? What do you think? Let's say we're selling motor, motorcycles. <laughs> That was a huge change. Motorcycles? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're go, we're, <laughs> bikes. We're, we're going back to your Harley Davidson days, right? I don't know what bike we can find for 500 bucks. It's probably like a toy one. But it's okay. I, I, Let's I go. I used with that. Grom. We've talked about this, Fonsi. Yeah, Groms are like two grand. But <laughs> all right, so five hundred bucks, and we are only doing like one video a week. We're trying to do like outreach, and we have a landing page that teaches you the five ways to uh, drive a bike, the, sa the safest possible ways to drive a bike. This sounds so boring. <laughs> clearly, I haven't, clearly I haven't done my, my bike research. This is the most boring motorcycle campaign I've ever been part of. There we go. There we go. So how do we make it, you know, blazing, you know, hot with yeah. leads interested in buying this $500 bike? Yeah. So, I mean, luckily, something like motorcycles, that is a good audience to do some fun outreach with. Like, wow. you can cold target that one. There's, I, I want to say, I forgot the, the statistic. So, I want to so, say it's th 3% of the United States has a motorcycle. So, wow. so, so the, the reason you say this is a fun group to cold, cold outreach is because yeah. they know the product, right? They know what it is. Is that, is they that why? They know what a motorcycle is. Yeah, and we know that three, three out of every 100 people most like have already that, uses have the product already yeah. yeah yeah so that means that if we were to target 100 people three people would fit the target 
so then we can pare that down a little more even on cold targeting we could say okay we're in people that are interested in motorcycles which is still going to be more than the people that own motorcycles because they're interested yep. but then we could also go down a little further with our if our creative speaks to like if we're using um rock music in the background or rap whatever mm. it is we can start to pare that down a little further so they're interested in motorcycles but they're also interested in rock music or rap, you know, whatever it is, yeah. something that kind of pieces the creative together with our goal. Yeah. So we can, we can start to get granular that way, but also if we're getting people to the site already, if they're coming to the site, then we can just make sure we're having a really great retarget ad for that. That is really specific to brand and why buy this $500 motorcycle. Right, let, let's say we, we have the pixel installed, but we've had, See, everything is launching in the same day. Like we have no day, traffic yeah. whatsoever. We gotta have that page. outreach. So that outreach piece, we gotta get the traffic okay. to the site. We can also build retargeting. Once we start to get those people to the site, we can build audiences based mm. on time on site. So maybe they they visited the site and left and they bounced, you know, that doesn't count. We can make sure that they spent 30 seconds on the site or mm. if they took an action, if they push play on a video, things of that nature, we can really track those things and build audiences based on that. So that's a higher level of intent, again, because they've already yeah. been to the site. Now yeah. they're engaging with it. Um, yeah, that, so that's why I would suggest starting right there and collect as much data as quick as possible. And so when are we starting this brand? Are we doing it now? Like, hey, let's so, do it. Let's so do it. Fon Fonzie has that bike in like the garage, so that's why he's asking. He needs to sell it. So I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I was like, what can I come up with the top of my head? And honestly, <laughs> before this conversation, one of the people that work here at the office, he was leaving and he had a bike helmet. And I was like, do you have a bike? We're trying to learn how to ride bikes for the longest time. And his bike was sweet and actually was a Harley Davidson, yeah, which then, I, then you told me that you work for them. I was like, oh, what a, what a small world. It is meant to be. Um, <laughs> if you guys want your, your $500 super cheap, terrible bikes, just go to turbobikes.com <laughs> and, and, and you can per you will be retargeted with an awesome ad. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to buy the domain and create the site now. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is going to yeah, be good. We should, get, awesome. we should get you and da Damon for SEO purposes and then yeah. also the content. Just do the whole brand, the turbobikes.com. That would be hilarious. Brand. Oh, that Dude. would be so fun. Okay, I'm going to put this out there. I think that would be an awesome, that would be an awesome project. Maybe not with the terrible bikes. But something that is like, why can we create content around that we can use, you know, really cool ads, like targeted ads, yep. and then have someone, you know, I don't know if you do the websites or not, but like someone that wants to do that part of the, the deal. Um, I just think TurboBikes.com will be hilarious. TurboBikes, turbo yeah, but then just think about it. Who's going to manufacture the bike like that? That just takes too much. Like no, we need to sell something. That here, is, here's you know? the idea. Use bikes and then people buy them because they're terrible to refurbish it, to sell them to, to high end. Right. And it's like, no, or maybe we could just, it could be a spoof site. Like we could sell merch cause you don't even have to own it. You can print, do print on demand merch all through Shopify. <laughs> we don't have to have any inventory. Yes. That's I why like I started it. peace, love beer. It was the same idea as like, I'm going to test things. I don't have to have inventory. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I, I uh, you know, I, I like this this alignment right now. I think we might have yeah. uh, some gold coming up. We're going to revisit this episode <laughs> and then chop this part, cut it, uh, yeah. send it as an ad. Do you want to build a seven-figure business out of a podcast? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Look at this. So many campaigns coming in today. Uh, yeah. Bobby, I, I have this feeling that we should be asking a question that we are not. Right? I, I don't know what is what it is, but... I want to ask you, is there anything that we're missing that we should be asking you? 
So I think it's important for like onboarding. Clients should always have certain pieces already in place because mm. when we have to go set those up, it's it means that they weren't collecting data ahead of time. So like Facebook Pixel installed on their site, making sure Google Analytics is set up, that they're tracking everything there. Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn has a tracking code as well. If you're doing B2B work, you definitely want to have your LinkedIn tracking on the site so you can run LinkedIn ads. So those little pieces like that, having those in, in place so that they're collecting data, even if you're not using them, they're still collecting data. So have, making sure those things are on your site is kind of, uh, for me, I wished everyone would just stand, every web designer would pro, I wish they would just do that standard for their clients because it takes no time. But mm. I wished every client would be aware that those things are extremely necessary to collect data over time. Yeah, that's in, that's important. And I think that just sets you up too for, for success, right? And yeah. it's like, For us, it was an important point in, in our business when we realized that we wanted to work with people that had already sales processes, right? Mm -hmm. Because content is used like fuel for those leads of people building that trust, right? But then we we used to work with some people that didn't have those sales processes. And guess what? They're getting all the content, but then they're like, where's my money? I was like, well, where's your sales process, right? Are you even calling people? Are you selling to people? Um, so I... I like that. And that is a lesson regardless of got, the business that you're in is set them up for success. Make sure they are set up for success. I got yeah, some yeah. juicy, juicy news, guys. <laughs> What is it? You, so you bought the domain? <laughs> We own TurboBikes.com. Yes. So, so this is happening. Hot merch for TurboBikes.com. Turbo it's going to be it's gonna be like a meme brand together with, you know, awesome bikes experiences. And what what's up, dude? We got this. this Bobby. There we go. I'm in. We got I'm this. I'm all in on this. <laughs> wow. We, we, will I repent from, from bringing this up in here? Terrible bikes. <laughs> what, a, what a great case study this will be. By the way, we already have our amazing partners that are going to be taking part of this. You know, it's, Bobby it's here fun. with the ad, SEO with Damon. He loves engines too. And then yeah, we're going to have to send, we're committing Damon already. And we have a, he, he's not watching this yet. <laughs> so your content, you have to, you have to get all the video of you learning how to ride that's gonna be great content by the way yes. that's gonna be incredible because uh we are terrible bikers because we don't know how to do this so it's perfect it's perfect yeah this is gonna be Fancy is meant to be it's yeah it's gonna be terrific <laughs> and, and by the way this is this is perfect because uh my wife doesn't want to doesn't want me to do this but if i tackle as in like this is gonna be the next millionaire project she's gonna be like go ahead man learn how to learn your bike yeah whatever <laughs> We we got a whole business a, a whole business plan here today. Now, Bobby, we're, we're coming here to to an end, and we usually like to leave people with these last two questions. The first one is, do you have any action points right to share with them that they can do right now to move their business forward in this realm of ads? Let's call it. Yeah. Um, number one, educate. So the platforms, they teach you how to use them. They want you to be successful because the more successful you are, the more money you spend. So the education's there and it's free. Yeah. Um, 100%, the resources are all there. So go learn. Learn Facebook, the whole ads platform, everything you can. Um, everything on the Google ads platform that you can, at least the basics. But also Google Analytics. Take the certification course on analytics. Hmm. Become certified in analytics because that's going to be your roadmap to success. I'm going to have to take the, the Google Analytics one. Question, super random. Can you measure the Facebook ads in the Google Analytics? Yes, you can. So 
you lose some tracking, but you can look at it and get anecdotal data. So with UTM parameters, that's just a small extension on your web, on whatever domain you're sending someone to. Yep. Um, you can track campaign success through that. So uh-huh. if I used UTM parameter with that, you know, we'll say, hey, Digi, like I added that UTM parameter, then I can go in the attribution settings in, in Google Analytics, and I can look at campaigns that came from that, and I can look at dollars tied to traffic. Mm. So yeah. UTM stands for Unique Tracking Mechanism, is it? Yeah, you, yes. <laughs> I think I think so. I think that's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm just putting out there so for people that maybe they don't understand yeah, what yeah. a UTM is, but that that's that's pretty cool that you can track that granular level. And I've noticed, I notice a lot of things when I click. You can see in the domain all the UTMs. It says like UTM, um, certain name, and then it's like Medium, blah blah blah, Facebook, yeah. all that stuff. And and, it, and it's pretty cool to see because now. Honestly, when I see those domains, I'm like, oh, these people got their marketing on point, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know whoever is tracking those things, they got their marketing on point. Um, perfect. I, I love that action point. Go educate yourself. If you right now, go either Facebook Blueprint or the Google Academy, was it? I don't know. Yeah, Google Academy. I, I think it's called Academy. They've changed it a couple of times. I'm yeah. sure, uh, I'm sure if, they you Google Google, it. if you Google <laughs> how to learn yeah. Google Analytics, that might be the first yeah. option uh, uh, yeah. popping up there. Uh, dude, Bobby, dude, thank you, by the way. Yeah. This has been incredible. Thank you Enlight- for your time. Enlightening. Enlightening. I know Fonzie it geeks out about this stuff. <laughs> to me, it's like Chinese. So, uh, But I love it. I love the simplification of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like Because there's the people that can take action regardless of, of their journey like where are they right and it's like it comes down to data um so we can see so we can multiply those points of contact those are the things that we talk about with content all the time right um and then build it into the publishing pyramid right with your capacity with your resources what is the investment i'm gonna put in to test right to learn right and and then to move forward so Bobby, where where would you be if you never started publishing if you never started investing in in paid media Oh man, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I tend to like do things that I have fun doing. So <laughs> there's no tell where I'd be. Like I'd probably still be doing music stuff on some level because I enjoyed that. Like I enjoy live music, but mm. um, my business wouldn't be. I would not be doing what I'm doing now at all, and I wouldn't have the success level that I have now. I would. I'd do something I enjoy, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So wait, do you play an instrument? Do you sing? What What was the deal? No. No, no, I just did the promotion side. So um, oh. I book shows and ran clubs. That's pretty cool. He was a cool dude, yeah. man. That's cool. Random question, <laughs> super random question. What if like the, there's an artist listening right now and they are wondering, can I use ads to leverage, you know, my music and grow in my career? Is that is that even a thing? Do do like grassroots artists do that? They, so you can do that, but I'm going to say something that every artist should be doing that none of them do. Ooh. Focus on growing your email list. Yes. Every artist you. should do that, and they don't. <laughs> it's mm. the easiest thing for them to do. They could utilize that at shows. They could set up a sign-up sheet or an iPad, like sign up and get a discount on T-shirt, whatever. You already utilize got the audience. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grow your audience there, and then you can monetize that email list, mm. but you don't have to do anything special. Like, yeah. build your email list. That's the number one thing that no artist actually does. Yeah. And, then, and then you start selling them NFTs of your songs. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, Bobby, exactly. Do you, Bobby, do you know the, the Kevin Hart story? Yeah. 
that's exactly what he did, man. Like he started collecting emails since day mm -hmm. one. And uh, that's how he sold out so many shows and that's how he learned quick and that's how he was able to campaign for different movies and different things. And that's what he brings to the table to the movie deals man. so he yeah. can uh, charge more money. I love it. So mm -hmm. if I had to like, you know, summarize today's episode in two lessons would be get people's emails and retarget the heck out of them, <laughs> and, you yeah. know? I, I think yeah. that, that that's that's pretty good. Obviously, there's a lot more there in between. Because but people need your solution. If you are selling right. something, people need your solution. You're doing them at the service by not putting your message in front of them. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. That's what I'm going to say. Absolutely. Bobby, I, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Is there any anything, you know, any last words you want to add? Um, any, you know, dreams about terrible bikes you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> no, those dreams are going to happen over the next week as we, we build this idea out more. I don't know. This is going to be fun. Keep an eye out, for, folks, for uh, TerribleBikes.com and all the content coming in that department. <laughs> it's it's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. Will I, will I regret bringing this up? I don't know. We'll see You know, in some time. Seven figures. You'll be excited about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Then we'll, this, honestly, this sounds like a domain that we can then sell to Elon Musk, right? I mean, the boring company, Terrible Bikes, he just goes along his, 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 his meme brand that he has. That yeah. should be the goal. That should be the goal. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Bobby. Dude, Bobby, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you if they want to learn more about you, about your company, about the services that you provide? Yeah, so heydigi.marketing is everything. So my website, um, social. I'm really bad at uh, keeping social up because <laughs> I'm working behind the scenes on everything um, yeah. and distributing other people's content for them. Um, so I'm, I'm there, though. So if you go look for me there, Um, on LinkedIn, Bobby C. Harris, my middle initial, because if you don't use the middle initial, there's a million Bobby Harris's, but <laughs> connect with me and um, we can definitely hang out, talk. I would love to help anyone that needs just some general advice, or if you're looking to really scale up your ads game, I would love to help be part of that solution. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. And we want to encourage people to go and reach out to Bobby, right? Don't just send him one DM, send him multiple because he just said he, he might not be that good at keeping up. So just, <laughs> you know, just hit him up as many times as you can. <laughs> I know. Bobby. If, if next week their phone is like doesn't stop, you know, <laughs> it, that's, that was us. <laughs> I, I know exactly what happened. Exactly. We're gonna monet, we're gonna monetize this episode when that happens. A hundred percent. Do it. Awesome. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful and you're ready to use ads to fuel your business, please, please don't forget to share this episode and leave a five star review. See ya. Bye, guys.